it's fair to say the last maybe three, four, five days, there's been a lot of uh, criticism or online attacks, whatever you want to call it, against this big collection of October 17 parties. And it's not coming from the regime. It's coming from other groups that identify themselves as October 17. So that's a lot to get into. But I'll just start by asking you guys, since I don't really know your individual roles in particular, other than the shallow titles that you have, if you can just let me know what you do day to day within Mintishreen, other than go crazy <laughs> and have breakdowns <laughs> and also the hard work, what your, what your roles are and maybe, uh, maybe whether or not you see, does Mintishreen today actually mean the same thing that it did when it started? Hi, thank you first. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, I don't think it changed or the meaning changed. Sometimes, yes, we get tired and we lose sight of what, what, why we started or what we're doing because everything is heavy and as just like other people around uh, Lebanon, we get tired as well. And specifically that we're trying to make change and we're seeing, we're being able to witness how very hard it is, how tough it is. You, you mentioned many breakdowns. We're putting, pulling off a smile, but... <laughs> no, it shows that we're all tired, yeah. <laughs> so, but it's fine. I think, um, for me, personally, I'm going to talk on... Uh, personally, yeah. Sure. Um, it never did. For me, Mentishin was uh, the platform. This is my luck. He doesn't... He, he doesn't, doesn't like Mentishin. He doesn't like <laughs> He's limited. Limited. Okay. Hello, Malak. Yeah, you're right. We should all get along. <laughs> so, we have three days to form a list. Come, no, no. <laughs> Come here. Um, what was I saying? Um, yeah. Person. I, person. Okay, mm. personally, for me, Mentishin was uh, since the beginning when I decided to join, I like talked for to five or six people. I met them on the street. And when they launched Mentishin as a political movement, I went and I like I was like, I want to join. When am I gonna have my call with you guys? So I you, saw, you looked to join. Yeah. They didn't. Okay. Yeah. Even though I met them on, you know, we were on the ring together. Yeah. On the pro I knew them from mm. the streets, but when it started to become Mentishin as a political movement at the at the time when we had our first uh, meeting in, I don't remember what was the name of the place, Jemaze, I think. Uh, just to ha to put put like a vision of where we want to go. It just shows that we're all tired. <laughs> uh, trust me, I, I know. <laughs> we're all doing well actually, given how bad things are. <laughs> yeah. But but you're, you did yours. So uh, what is your exact role today in Mintishin? Technically, I work with the youth. Everything okay. related yeah. with the youth. Okay. I'm very devoted for this. I'm a youth person myself. I'm yeah. 23 years old. I'm very close to the students, mm. uh, either Lebanese University or outside. I'm myself a Lebanese University student, planning to join another university because the university shut actually down. shut down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's almost shut down, not right. officially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's an issue. So I've worked and I've been um, a, an activist, if I want to put it in that word, even though I don't like the word, but I know. Uh, within the university myself. Mm. So when I when October 17 started, I actually didn't join the street on the night of October 17 because I, I thought you know it's gonna be just like the days the, the previous uh, manifestations and it's gonna end. It's not gonna be sense nonsense, and we're not gonna be able to pull out a real political work. 
because I always recall uh, uh, what you, Samir Asir used to say and how things, how things should actually evolve if we want to actually build up something or change. Here you can. So, mm-hmm. I spent 15 years trying to bring this man to life. I used to give storytelling tours. It was dedicated to him. So, yeah. But that shows something that's quite impressive. You're 23? Yeah. And you're working with the youth. Yeah. And I don't think anyone in your age group has any reason to remember Samir Asir, other than if you've been curious about politics already. So I'm guessing it's a, it's, it sounds like you were really looking to join something when the protest started. Yes. Yeah. And... I- for me, he was um, he, um, Samir Asir and Jibran Twaini were very big. Uh, when I was, was she twelve, I don't remember how much I was, how young I was. Um, I used to I I visit the Khutab Taba Jibran Twaini and know that I come from a family where my dad is a kataib and my mother is Oh Masurish Oh Oh, wow. Look at the combination. <laughs> and, and are they still in those camps? No. 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 Are they, they divorced? Stopped. No. <laughs> no, they're still together. Good. Okay. So, no, uh, yeah. I'm the fruit of. Uh... Yeah, well, this explains a lot, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Good days and bad days. <laughs> Let's not go there. No, no, yeah. No, but so, so you. Your rule has, I'm guessing, I'm guessing your rule has been consistent. You're also young, so you're, the rule makes sense. Uh, and for you, Mintashreen today is still the same passion that it was on the streets, or is it something else in terms of politics? Because the reason I'm, I'm asking it in a bit sort of a roundabout way is I don't think of Mintashreen as a protest movement anymore, mm-hmm. although I did. Yeah. I only thought of it as a protest movement, and now I think of it completely in politics. Yeah. So d- does that... Is that how you see the word also, or do you still have this link to really the early days of the protest? Uh, it, it grew bigger mm. for me. Mm. I, I witnessed Mantishin on the ground f- from when it started and how we actually moved to, into being an actual political party. I've worked on the bylaws of the parties and a, a small part of the political paper. So. I've experienced literally what does it mean to go from the ground into an actual organized political work. And I grew politically. I'm not the same person I was before. And Mintishreen is is a big part of me and it's part of what I am today. Mm. And how it, uh, I don't think it shaped actually how they shaped me as, you know, when it comes to a political orientation yet. I was able to experience how to shape politics and how to yeah. define politics and what do I want actually from politics. And I've been more aware that I'm very passionate uh, regarding anything that is regarding uh, that is concerning the youth, the education and mental health. Mm. And I come from a mental health background. I have a clinical psychology master's. See, for a reason, I, I thought you were the internal psychologist. Yes. <laughs> Some people mistake me like yeah. that. I, 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 yeah, you are. yeah well, I, do mis- I do mistake her as the internal yeah. psychologist. <laughs> well, that makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but so, it's fine. So I'm, I'm glad you're saying just, it this way. Oh, go ahead, I just please. want to mention something yeah. that because of this, mm. just to wrap up everything, I'm now applying to, hopefully, if they don't uh, continue with the dollarization, dollarization issue to AUB to pursue a public policy master so this is also something that is helping me you know I want to dive more into this I want to make change and I am being able to kind of picture what I can do in uh, with this 
group. I, I don't want to say anything bad about AUB. I'm an AUB graduate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the tours that I used to give actually started at AUB. Yeah. The reason I call this podcast the Beirut Banyan, it's the Banyan trees of AUB, yeah. mm-hmm. the trees of knowledge. So I, I will never say anything bad, but I'm going to say one thing. Remember this when you're done. Everything you've done the last two and a half years is With far more important yeah. than a master's degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I promise you, your, uh, your path in politics and the public policy masters, I don't think they will match up that much. But, but we'll I think maybe both work together yeah. somehow. I will go from you to Ria, and I'll let you, of course, talk on your behalf, but I will say one thing. Um, I like that you, I like that the word is able to evolve, and your recent post about vampires <laughs> resonated with me because I think it was maybe an hour or two after I tried writing something like that, just the word vampire didn't mm. come to mind. And uh, I think a lot of people are putting pressure on Mintishreen because it's not a protest movement anymore. Yeah. It's a political movement. It's a political party in the making. And it's not on the street. It's heading to something else. So I, I think that the pressure and the attacks come with the territory. Yeah. But before we get into that, yeah. your, your, your own uh, role, your title, I think once somebody referred to as an external relations, mm-hmm. but I'm like, can't be that. That sounds a little too vague. You know? <laughs> yeah. and, and if the word also resonates with the way Jana was talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so basically, um, I, did, I didn't join Mintashin as you know, the chair of the external relations. Oh, okay. um, I joined Mintashin as uh, you know, someone who's curious mm. to see how they can contribute to bettering, if, if, I, if I am to be generous, to enhancing and bettering the country in a way that my potential can match. And I remember uh, Mentashirin, I joined in May, uh, April. in April, sorry, in April, early 2021. Oh, so, okay, so, so after yeah. the, after, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just when Mentashirin was, you know, shifting into a political party right. and sort of just uh, outreaching to the environment around. Mm-hmm. And I, I, uh, I was referred to Mentashirin and I attended their first um, outreach uh, presentation of the political uh, paper and the political. Is this before uh, they tried to actually become a political party? No, it's it's a, it's, a, it's quite a bit after. It's quite a bit, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We actually presented our paper and started our recruitment, recruitment. out of word of mouth. Yeah. Right. Uh, until the website was up. Oh, I see. Yes. Okay. And is that also before the memorandum with Kitli? Or is it? Uh, it's around the same time, yeah, actually. Yeah, exactly. The, the it's reason the same I'm, time. I'm curious about this because that's when my recognition of Mintishreen also grew. Yeah. It went from being individuals on the podcast yeah. with names that I already knew, mm. like Mia Atwe mm. or Gino Raiti yeah. or Samer McAdam, who's a friend. And there's others as well. And then suddenly I saw it on CNN, yeah. where I saw the name being exposed on media yeah so i guess it worked yeah. that you were yeah. able to pull extra people yeah. definitely it was around this time where i started uh, you know knowing uh, uh, that there's something called mitashreen i had a lot of friends hmm. within mitashreen i was you know just following them on social media i knew that they were a uh, street movement but uh, when they outreached to me and i attended this presentation I remember it was for three or two and a half hours or three hours they were presenting the all the details one. of the political party and the first question <laughs> and you were worried it was the first session <laughs> it was it was good because the first question i had i remember i raised my hand on zoom i was like 
okay, what's okay. the next step? What can I do? How can I join? <laughs> and, 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 I, and I was surprising for me because yeah. I had never been part of any uh, political movement, of any political party. I was sort of, I had a, like a, I was always skeptical about the emerging political movements uh, after October 17 revolution. Yeah. So uh, I saw that the party and its visions and its values sort of speak to my visions and values mm. and uh, you know how I envision my country to be. So that's why I joined. And I joined and I directly helped the People's Committee. We were you know talking to members and always in contact with members and organizing meetings. She went from being an attendee to a presenter to the one who presents actually in the political oh, way. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it's like I grew within Mentashreen as Mentashreen was growing. Right, yeah. right. So... I think everyone grew. Yeah. It's, it's quite remarkable. I've been maybe a little too kind to Mentashreen, but I think it's, it's an honest uh, opinion. It's the only group that resonates with me in the long run. And I also saw something remarkable. You're youth-driven, and the average age, I think, is... Probably somewhere in the 20s, mm. but I'm, I'm twice that. I'm 40, and I feel inspired by this. Somehow it's the sweet spot. Yeah. It's reform and looking at society as it is, and a lot of people that have some maturity built in. Now, I'm going to go down a road that maybe is a bit sensitive, but I think it's a strategic move that is smart not to field a candidate from Mintashreen right now. Yeah. Yeah. Do you share that opinion? Can you tell me as much as you can <coughs> what, it's, what it's like to do that? Because yeah. I know that Mia Atwe briefly and then went back. Yeah. She, I think, flirted with the idea and then withdrew. Yeah. But I think that's a smart move. So can you guys, whatever you can from these internal meetings and how you were able to figure it out so quickly. Because it's a sharp move, and I, 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 I'm not a member of Mitishim, but I think it's the it's the wisest move that was uh, that was done. Yeah. So anything you can say to that, maybe Jenna, if you could, yeah. And personally, you know, this was okay. I know it was a rational decision, but mm. for me, Mia is like she represents everything for me that a good yeah, and the perfect candidate should mm -hmm. have. She's a very hard worker. She has the background. She did what she did. She, she's someone who takes the initiative to make mm -hmm. uh, issues, uh, to solve issues and to find a solution. And she worked in the public uh, uh, aspect of things, even though people think NGOs are not, maybe or Embrace is not a public, uh, uh, but she worked closely with the Ministry of uh, uh, Saha. Uh, health. health, yeah. yeah. So, you know, she know she had she had a program she had a program regarding education and mental health and everything so and personally i i say you know okay i'm frustrated why she resigned but you know uh it was definitely one of the smart you know, smartest if you want to say it and you know, or Could, most strategic one why would you say i think i i say it i'm putting pressure on you but why, why do you think it's a smart strategic move hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's very smart you just throw it over Okay. <laughs> That's very smart and strategic of you. That was a good job. Yeah. Just well done. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ria, why, why is it a strategic move? I mean, I mean no, I, I totally agree with Jano mm. uh, on everything that Mia You want to throw it to me now? <laughs> no, 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 I won't okay. throw it. I won't right. throw yeah, it. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I totally agree with her, mm. and I think everyone does. But I do feel like, at the moment, uh, because we decided as a political party, whether it is taking part of the lobbying effort that uh, yeah. uh, eventually uh, 
produced the you know the G6 that produced the call for a unified campaign yes. that was yeah. on March 12th. This effort and us playing a role in this effort has uh, a rationale behind it, mm. and it's us wanting to uh, go on with the battle of the elections, whether it's through Mia being a candidate or having any other candidate or not. But why do I think it's smart and strategic? Because, um, as you said, we relatively moved into being a political party and we showed in a lot of areas political maturity. Mm. But I feel like as, you know, with the whole dynamics of what's going on and uh, with with the role that the groups are playing and how the talks are being, uh, are being held, that uh, the, the manifestation of our political maturity was through that smart decision because the, as the time moves on, maybe it's not our time right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can leverage on other things. It aligns actually with our political vision to actually defining politics and not only having a seat in the parliament. But I think it's yeah. such a, it's such a, you know. Malik the, agrees. Oh, he's still here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you have four days. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think it's it's a great move because for me it's not about trying to get power for the sake of power. Yes. Yeah. So I, I think being in parliament just to have a name in there doesn't mean much. But taking the long journey, which could even start with something like municipal elections yeah, next yeah, year, yeah. that could be the beginning of the road rather than trying to jump at the end. So I, I really think it was the best decision you guys made. Whether this was a unified decision or not, I don't know what Mia's feelings are, but I think it's the wisest she move. Agrees. <laughs> she agrees. She definitely approves of that. Okay, yeah. good. I mean, and, and I said this. I said this today actually, and I was thinking about it, and I tweeted about it. I said politics is about the greater good, mm. and when politics is not being yeah. shown as you know as such, yeah, there's a problem. There's a, there's a big problem. I think all of us were tweeting things like that in the last 24 hours. Yeah, for a reason. For a reason. <laughs> mm. Nice segue. Mm. So why don't we jump into the reason now? <laughs> Before we go, because I will give you a lot of time to talk about Mintishin in itself. But let's. The last 24 hours for me have been quite a journey. Um, <laughs> it seems like everyone is being attacked all the time, and yeah. it seems like it's amplified. Do yeah. you think that this is just? Uh, trying to get some leverage with the lists that are being formed, or do you think this is a burning of bridges? That mm. there's a there's a real division now on October 17, and it's too late to bring the sides together. It's a bit of both. It's a bit of both. Yeah. I'll let you start then, Jenna. Don't throw it <laughs> <her yet>. later. <laughs> it's a bit of both. I think you know, there is not an actual division yet. There's different point of views of how to actually practice politics and how what approach to to use with politics. Mm. So that's one thing, mm. uh, but I cannot not see also the frustration that people have, and some of yeah. them are also attacking each other out of, uh, for example, many I know, I know outside or no, not uh, they are not in any political parties, but uh, from the current uh, or political movements from the current, uh, which is our post uh, October 17, yeah, but they are mostly active on mm-hmm. po- politically. Their point is that they wanted to see a program, they wanted to see, and you know, they expected something different from the alternatives. Right. 
So it, they had a lot of high expectations, and that is also a pressure on the alternative political parties to serve that expectation. Right. But yeah. at the end of, end of the day, they are new to politics, most of them. Uh, yes, there is Memphis that there's, it's an old political party, or Kitli. Mm-hmm. They, each one, everyone has their own identity at the end mm-hmm. of the day as a party or as etc. Yeah. Um, the point is, you know, I, I don't know how to say it, you know, we're going to be different. I don't see it as a problem, personally, because... D- different, meaning, yeah. uh, is, is that towards the lists, or is that post-elections different, like different... Uh, no, different as what I meant with, by saying different within the divisions. I don't think they are divided, yet they are different within their identity and within mm-hmm. their political orientation, or how they want to practice politics, or etc. Mm. Not that uh, I'm with actually, you know, talking, with etc. But the, the point is, you know... At the end of the day, we're gonna have to uh, build the country together, and this is sh- this should be also something that is that's gonna always resonate in our heads. Right. Mm-hmm. Because when we get to the parliament, um, I don't know, Kateb will get their MPs, uh, Naamat will get uh, elected, and we're not gonna fool the numbers. We know they're gonna get elected. This is why this is why I like talking to Mintashid members. They see things that are not uh, imagined; they're real. This mm-hmm. is this is how it is. If, see, I, I'm talking about the expectations. Yeah. I'm putting it myself. Yeah. yeah. No, but I like. I mean, I like the way you frame it. Mm-hmm. It's both. It's both. Ria, do you think uh, we're all losing sleep? <laughs> it's the first episode I've done where it's like, yeah, like yeah. literally. <laughs> Maybe at the end Pre-election. Table. Pre-election. Pre-election. Yeah. Break down. Yeah. Do you see that way? The way she, the way Jenna laid it out, and that it's trying to signal that we're important, mm. but also that maybe it's too late. I mean, I don't think it's too late. Mm. I feel like if 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 I were to zoom out a little bit, yeah, and see things objectively from an eagle, you know, lens, yeah, um, this is normal. Mm. First. It's pre-elections. Uh, tensions are already on a high. Yeah. Second, in all uh, uh, in all electoral contexts, if you were to put it, even with the Sulta, the most experienced political parties, we see changes last minutes, and we yeah. see internal fights, and we see internal tensions on the rise. So, if we see that an experienced, comprehensive Sulta parties that have been there for thirty years, they know the game. They put the rules of the game. Of course, we're going to see this in political parties that are emerging and have relatively less experience Yeah, in, right. in that. So yeah. as much as it's frustrating, yeah. yes, few divisions, there are divisions, there are differences. But what we're trying to say is that technically and, and really realistically, mm-hmm. a lot have been passed already yes. from where we were four months ago. Yeah. Where we are today. And, and where we are today, four months ago, uh, uh, a unified campaign or coalition was not even in sight yeah. in the talks. Oh, oh, so four months ago was worse than I today? Mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Relatively oh, uh, speaking, okay. the negotiations yeah. and, the, and, the, and the talks have, have, have progressed a lot. Oh, that's that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And and whenever you're getting closer, I, I don't know. But you know, I think people will get more public in order to leverage more mm. specific. And, and of course, there's leveraging to it. You know, there's the, this, is, this is politics at the end of the day. Yeah. But I don't think it's too late. I think it's only normal. Uh, optimistic about the next few days, I, pragmatically speaking, I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. but, 
What I can say is that last-minute changes are always an option. And what I can say is, um, given all the work that's been done and all the efforts and all the challenges that yeah. you know were there in the coalition-building process, we've come a long way. Absolutely. Actually, that's that's well said. You know, I will my own experience, and I like the way you shared this, Jenna. That privately, it's a very different story. Yeah. The internal deliberations. From my side, it seems like there's a crisis that just gets worse and worse and worse. Mm-hmm. But it's better to know from the inside that yeah. no, there's actually dialogue still. Yes. But within that dialogue, now, uh, you, it seems like there's at least. Uh, there's one issue that will never be uh, agreed upon, and that's the role of a regime party within October 17. And that Kate'ib story, for you guys at least, within Mintishin, is it over that you accept this party as a party that you can work with long term? Or is it still being discussed even within Mintishin? Because I'm wondering, really, and this is a more hypothetical, yeah. had Kateb not existed, mm. say there's no party called Kateb, let's say it shut down. <laughs> it went with Saad Hariri to Abu Dhabi, right? Yeah. So Sami and Saad are weightlifting in a gym, and there's the Beit al is closed, right? Yeah. That's what's gone. I still think the divide would be there. Re- mm. Irrespective of Kateb, I think there is a natural divide. And it may be ideological to a degree. Yeah. So, yeah, so how does Mintashin work within that? Yeah. Do you see it as, no, we've made up our mind, we can work alongside Kata'ib when necessary, and we don't have to work with them all the time either? Mm. I'm trying to understand. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because there's mean, flexibility within Mintashin that doesn't mm. exist necessarily on, on the other side of October 17. Totally. I mean, um, yeah, just realistically saying, Mintashin. Uh, has not been a part of any coalition that Kateeb has been a part of. Mm, mm, okay? yeah, yeah. So we have that set on the table. However, it's whether it's Kateeb or any other traditional reformist party yeah. that's out there, okay? Um, what, where do the talks or the openness to the talks play a role? It's because you know, relatively, if we have, uh, uh, we've said that we have not, we've not been in alliance with the Kateeb, that's not there. However, can we coordinate along uh, uh, outside these lines, at least with the other political parties, emerging right. political parties? So what was the rationale of the G6? Mm. Not only regarding yeah. Kata'ib, but in general, the rationale was to come and say, yes, we're different. Yes, we have different ideological point of views. Yes, we're divided on Kata'ib, on Communist Party, on yeah. Osama Saad. We're also divided on the economic vision. We're divided on all of these things. That's within the six. Yes, yeah, yeah, within yeah, the right, six yeah. and within the two camps. So we're talking yeah. April 13 and the Lebanese opposition front. Right, so right. So these six groups, three from each camp, they came and they said, yes, we have all of these beautiful divisions, but we have a common goal, mm-hmm. a common short-term goal. We have a lot of commonalities yeah. that we can focus on just for the time being because if we were to fight this battle, we have to fight it together. And we'll fight about our economic visions. We'll fight about who we will ally with later. That later, though, yeah. if you can jump ahead a bit mm-hmm. and let's... and You know, it's important. The way you describe it is so, uh, it's so uh, helpful. The two, April 13, and the way you're drawing it out makes sense in Mm -hmm. that, yeah, none of these groups necessarily get along by default, but they work together to a bigger goal. And even within that, I like the way you're saying it. Economics, you can disagree, and even Kateb, you disagree, but you still work together to try to change. 
everything. And I, I, I like the way you're doing it. Mm-hmm. But if no one gets into parliament, if zero names emerge, not the Kateib crowd, they're going in. And yeah. you said it, Jenna. Namit's yeah. friend. Go in. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Michelle Amawad, almost certainly. And uh, who else do we have? I mean, the, the other, the independents that are being whatever, mm-hmm. accepted to a degree. Uh, if no one goes into parliament, is that still a victory for you? And in terms of Mintashin, that you changed the game, maybe? You applied pressure? Okay, so I'm going to start. Someone will get into the parliament. There is people that will get into the parliament. I'm positive over that. Because On October 17. Yeah, not, not October yeah. 17. Mm. Um, it's not a loss. Not Paulo Yaobian, not that, not the no. ones that have been in before. No, yeah. no. People, okay. new, new faces, new faces mm. will be in. Okay. Because what happened, it's not only what happened of October, the world doesn't only revolve around just the protests and October 17 crowd. The, the world revolves around what is happening in the country. Yeah. And the people of the country are suffering and are, they are living under so much pressure. And okay, yes, I'm going to say it in Arab, in Arabic. It's very complicated for me to express it in English. But... <laughs> <laughs> But you know, that itself shows that yes, people will get in, and yes, we do have the divisions and etc. All everything that was laid by Ria, amazingly. Yeah. But you know, uh, the our I'm gonna speak on our behalf, on my behalf, and Mentishin. Uh, what why we started Mentishin was always for the long term plan, was yeah. to redefine politics, while to redefine the political culture, to involve the youth within politics. Because I don't want anymore to say Hizb and people to... <gasps> mm, yeah. <laughs> no, you can't. You, Aslan, I say the person that is political. And but does, does Bintashreen in your mind, yeah. does it stay the way it is post-elections if, if no one gets in? Yeah. So, uh, so the journey is still there with or without... The journey wasn't ne- was never laid on based on a short term yeah. plan. Right. Definitely. Yeah. It was laid for a long term plan. And yeah. when when I say that, I'm not saying I'm not speaking very in a theoretical way. Mm. It is. It's it, the what you can go check our program. Yeah. And you know there is a lot of things we want to achieve. And we went into. I personally participated in creating you know, in Mentishin, and I am in Mentishin because I want to achieve these stuff. Yeah. And because I we we deserve to live here. Yeah. I mean, totally. I totally agree. And I feel like we we did manage our expectations regarding elections, even you know before in it, six five months ago, six months ago, we were still not sure they were gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, we still right. we That's still true. were working, yeah. we still were planning a year and two years ahead, and yeah. so we we've managed our expectations in such a way that we're going to go through this battle hmm. regardless of the results. Let's let's role play. Let's let's do the scenario where no one gets into the parliament. You know. Yeah. I think that's going to happen. That's why I, pr- I appreciate anyone who says the opposite. Uh, but what I really think, no one's getting in. What to, but to me, it's not a defeat. Oh, and no, anyway, no. I interrupted you. Sorry. No, no, yeah. it's not a defeat. Yeah. It's definitely yeah. not. It's definitely not the yeah. awareness that was created. The post, you know, now the, the people speak politics. It was yeah. it's absurd, absurd in front. And but, but sorry, I interrupted you. You yeah. were saying something important. There. Yeah, and, and with Mintashreen in specific, I feel like because we've gained 
relatively a lot of experience yeah. over the past one year yeah. and specifically over the past five months when it comes to really how politics is all about and how to move into institutionalized politics and that's why we became a party because we've gained that personal revel- leverage on a yeah. party level um, we never based just as Jana laid it out we never based anything on the short term that's why we said we'll take on this battle you know, result, regardless of the results, let's say no one gets into parliament. Um, now we have even, you know, better chances to organize ourselves, yeah. to understand what the dynamic in Lebanon is, and to work on our midterm and long-term yeah. goals because our vision, it's bigger and and it's bigger than any elections, especially such a like such a gerrymandered electoral law that we on our political program we seek to change. To change yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's the most complicated. I tried looking at it an Excel mm. sheet. Mm. I'm like, why would you even? I mean, it doesn't make sense. And yeah. then, but then that goes back to something else. So I, I I appreciate this way of looking at the long term. I think it's actually the right thing to do. Don't look at uh, parliament as the goal. Yeah. And Mintashin stands out in that sense. The goal of something which I like to discuss regularly on the podcast, but I discuss it with somebody who's probably been through more, mm-hmm. and uh, the guests tend to be more dinosaurish like me, and they tend to be maybe sometimes even outdated with their views. There's something I don't agree with. And I want you guys to explain to me why I'm wrong. Okay. All right, let's go here. Um, there's a focus on secularism mm. that comes naturally to the October 17 protester. And it seems to resonate in that the word is used. Uh, a civil state is always, I mean, it's in every slogan. Uh, the sectarianism is the problem. We need to overcome sectarianism. The usual language that you see actually by almost everyone that was on the street on October 17. So who am I to say that that's wrong? It could be right, but I think it's wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll explain. I don't think it helped October 17 to go down that road. Mm-hmm. And there's something here about society, which I think Mintishin does better than other groups, is that it doesn't work against society. Yeah. It reaches out yeah. to the way things are. Definitely. And the flexibility, the way you described it, I mean, you don't have to open the window to Kete'ib, yeah. but you can drive on the same road. You don't have to throw your number to their window, right? Uh, so you can, you can work in parallel. That's actually working within the way society functions in Lebanon. Mm. But the, the disdain for sectarianism, why does that come so naturally? And if you do believe that, that this is a problem in terms of reform, why is it a problem? Okay. Do you want to start with? Um, yeah. This doesn't mean that I'm saying um, I'm a sectarian person, no, or no, even no. that I think secularism is bad. Yeah. It's more that if the goal is to try to work within society, I think Lebanon is and always will be a sectarian society. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I hear you. Hmm. Yeah. Let me tell you, I that's, hear you. That's a good tactic. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Hey, she's learning what? Yeah, yeah, oh, good hire. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I really do. But like, I feel like, let's dig deeper. Let's, let's dig, dig deeper yeah. into 
what sectarianism even is. And, you, know, you know, I'm not yeah. going to go into like all the history. I'm not going to turn this interview into a history lesson. But, but Lebanon, as much as we do think that sectarian identities are very rigid and are very strong and are very just uh, entrenched in us mm. as a society, I believe that it is not even close to being rigid. It's an imagined identity that's so easy to break, so easy to break, mm. and so easy to get out of. Mm. I'm not saying this in a delusional way that we're, you know, we're not all... Uh, la, la, la. But the malleability of sectarianism as an identity was proven with the October 17 revolution. Mm. Mm. Because, and, and, and so this all, sort of resonates also on why all the uh, emerging political movements after October 17 seem to agree on why we need a civil state and why we are anti-sectarian in identity. Because yeah. for 100, 180 years, Lebanon has adopted a consociational democracy that's entrenched in a confessional system based on sects. Yes. Okay? Yeah. And it's not because our political culture was sectarian that we eventually got a, a political system that's sectarian. It's because that political system was imposed and was institutionalized for all these years that the political culture ended up being uh, sectarian in general. And October 17, we didn't go down the streets because we were, you know, we felt uh, uh, threatened as Shias or Sunnis or Maronites. No, we, we sort of... Uh, we, we manifested a common identity, which is a non-sectarian identity. You, so, you've laid out the argument that, for me, it sounds so logical, yet it doesn't resonate with me. Mm. And I, I think it's an issue with my prejudice, maybe. I think none of this is imposed. Mm -hmm. I think Lebanon is uh, naturally built to accommodate communities. And I don't think it can be another country without it not being Lebanon. Yeah. Now, this is, I'm, I live in Maram Khayyad. <laughs> okay? I live, I mean, I'm in a modest home in Maram Khayyad. Uh, originally from Tripoli. Yeah. But my relationship to Tripoli is distant. Okay? It says it on my Hawi. It says uh, my sect on my Khraj Eid. Myself and my sect have nothing in common. Mm. So I'm not, uh, I can't find the Sunni in me. Yeah. <laughs> Even when I look for it. Yeah. It doesn't show up. Yeah. And I also think that the Sunni community is feeling punished today. Mm. I don't feel punished. But I think there's a problem and maybe not reading the inertia that is Lebanon. And I'll go back in time. We're kind of dating ourselves, because I know now your ages. Uh, in the 1990s, the Christians felt the same way. Mm. They felt betrayed, or they felt like they weren't part of the fabric anymore. That, to me, is more destructive than, than any... That, that has much more bigger consequences than sectarianism is a problem. Yeah. So I, I, this is 2022. Mm. And I'll go back even further. Lebanon's independence, I don't think, is a forced uh, situation. I really think Lebanon is exactly the way it was supposed to be. But a problem that doesn't let our sectarianism work better is what keeps us paralyzed. Mm. 
That's the boogeyman that Mintus Sheen is willing to talk about. Definitely. Yeah, that's the issue that you were very eloquent in addressing in your speech, which is why it hit me hard. But that, to me, is the reason why sectarianism is ugly. Definitely. Okay, so, is there, how, I mean, let me, let me throw it in a different way. Saad Hariri picks up and leaves. Aye. Nobody in Sabatash Tashreen was chanting for him to stay. He's the collateral damage. He resigns mm. and he, he tries for a year to do something. He can't. He fails. He leaves. He, mm. he boycotts. Whether he's a failure or not is secondary. Now you have a void within Lebanon. So why does the civil state secularism stuff still work, at least in terms of dialogue? When, when that is a bigger problem. Yeah. Yeah. Why is it? Because it bursts. And it, let me, thank you for letting me ask you these big yeah. questions because I don't get the chance to ask someone in Mintishreen, a younger crowd, yeah. this complicated question. So mm -hmm. thank you for letting me even open up about this. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a safe platform. <laughs> yes, so well, I hope so, yeah. <laughs> okay, so. And Tawahat so I'm gonna speak from a social perspective sure uh, yeah because I that's what I do um, when everything that ha that got that happened it uh, Fikrit, you know, the idea of that an individual is perceived as Muslim, Sunni, Masihi, Dirzi, etc. As mm. when uh, when I am speaking about this, I'm speaking about about the civil war. Mm. I've witnessed it at home. Yeah. My parents, I know that. I have even the part of my family from my grandfather and grand. My grandfather used to fight against his sister, which is Oh wow! It's it's okay. that. Yeah. I, I, I've. Uh, wow, that's intense. That's yeah. Like, yeah. No wonder you're a psychology person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, I know now that uh, I'm gonna give a, a small example. Whenever you're gonna change a medication, the doctor tells you, uh, gradually. They don't tell you to stop it from your body because it's gonna go, cause a shock. Yeah. It will definitely cause a shock the fact that there's no any more hariri for uh, the population yeah. that is now votes for them. And there's I would void, like, yeah. yeah, I would like to perceive them. So you're willing them to admit that? Uh, yeah, of I mean, course, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Because yeah. We you don't, don't, you don't ignore it and say, no, no, uh, what's that group? Beirut Taqawim could yeah, simply take over. No, no, so, yeah. no one can take why. over anyone. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to create a new safe space where they're going to introduce to the people and they need to, we, we all need to be close to the, from, to the people. We came from the people. We came from the streets. Mm. Uh, they, uh, they're going to introduce to them, for example, okay, for example, when, um, let's go to, back to Heke, uh, Shimal Mousse. What, and, uh, there's no more any, any more medication and the people uh, were, were very very anxious to actually uh, the, uh, take the alternative medication why because it's something new it's something they don't know about mm. it's something they are not used to it's definitely a void i know i have my friends that are currently very anxious and uh, no they are um, angry they are angry yeah. Because they are not feeling that they are being represented, but they they used to always perceive their representation as me, as for example, Anna Sunni. 
I need Hariri to be my representative. When they are starting to perceive themselves that me, as X, I am picking Mustaqbal as my representative. Yeah. They are looking into what Mustaqbal are offering. Yeah. That's when things shift and it becomes different. The difference between sectarianism and uh, Ria can talk most uh, more uh, in details about it, but how I do actually perceive it is that when you do uh, implement a civil state or a secular state, you're, you're telling the people that, okay, this is a very new tarah. Um, two years ago, they used to confuse secularism with atheism. There's a lot of progress. No, but, uh, but uh, you know what? Now, there's I'm a lot sorry, of progress. I'll, 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 yeah, I'll interject one simple. more point, then I'll let you. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's something simple, like yeah. the civil war ended 33 years ago. Uh-huh. And something within the Ta'if agreement was meant to heal sectarian wounds. And that's something very basic. It's a Senate where you put the sectarian anxiety and you let it function accordingly. Yeah. And parliament becomes merit-based. But Definitely. they didn't because they didn't do it like right. that. But can I add, this is just out of, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I always look for it and I don't find it. Why is that not part of the protest language? In other words, we need to implement Ta'if. And no, as opposed to yeah, as opposed to running question. away from it, saying Ta'if is why we failed, yeah. Lebanon is born uh, wrong. That's a very that's that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, thank you for bringing this up because this is no, a I debate. Get a bit slapped. No, no, this is this is uh, yeah, this is the debate that's been yes, just going yeah. on. And l- let me tell you the fine li- where the fine line is. I can speak from Shirin and I think other emerging political movements calling for a civil state and secularism can agree. Mm. We, ne- we never say it's a solution to a problem. Mm. So it's not going to solve sectarianism. Yeah. And it's not going to, le- to let the Sunnis feel at ease. Right. <laughs> and it's not yeah. going to let the Shias change their you know, ideological preferences. It's not going to do that, secularism, because we cannot reach secularism. Yeah. In a, a, no. a, a, a pinch of fingers or two. Yeah. This is a vision that bases our calls for reforms. Yeah. However, however, because Lebanon is a deeply divided society, and there's a theory on deeply divided societies that says you cannot really uh, apply a fully democratic uh, system in deeply divided societies. Uh, Iron Lippard has already came up with this theory, and this is why you create consociation of democracies. And if not consociation of democracies, you create power-sharing agreements. This is how you can mitigate through uh, sectarian or ethno-sectarian variations and at least get to a functional system. In Lebanon, if we were to look at power sharing, the Ta'if, not just implement Ta'if, but Ta'if, it was a reformist power sharing agreement that's supposed to be temporary. It shouldn't be a It's transitory years. towards it's transitory. a civil state yeah, as, an, as an end goal. Right? They, didn't, they, they never actually t- uh, tran- did this transition. It has not been imp- applied. And why, why? I mean, it's interesting because no one uh, really says apply Ta'if. But for example, in our political program, we do tackle Article 95. Yes. Uh, of, uh, of, you know, uh, uh, cancelling uh, political sectarianism in general, which opens the door yeah. to that question. I you know, there's a need to implement Ta'if the way it is. We're not calling for secularism because we believe it's the ultimate solution, because it sort of zooms out, zooms us out of focus if this is our uh, final and initial call and this is what we call for always. No, that if that's not the case. That's why we focus on other dimensions. 
We are a sectarian political system. We're not going to grow out of the sectarian political system uh, if we change the dynamic of the parliament in the next six to ten years. That's mm. not going to happen. It's a very long-term process. But we have several pillars that we need to work on in order to mitigate through sectarianism, fight traditional sectarian political parties, in a whole different and new narrative, because the narrative of emerging political movements, it's relatively, it's been there even before, you know, we have, uh, we've seen a lot of anti-sectarian political movements even before the, the outbreak of, of civil war. Yep. But why is it different now? Because after October 17 revolution, and how I personally like to see it, is it paved the way for a change, change in the yeah. political behavior yeah. of the political field yeah. in Lebanon. I agree, and I think it actually did something more dramatic, yeah. and so it'll be, maybe it's easier to see this later. It made the older parties wake up now. Yeah. And the reason they, I... Yeah. They oh, shifted yeah. with their the narrative. Some the, people yeah. now come and say, Dawla Madani and Even they polarized even more, like Hezbollah and yeah. Shunub. I mean, yeah. Yeah. when ever, when in the past 30 years, in Nabatiya, people march, Calling, calling against, against the Lebanese Shia duo in Nabati, yeah. the most polarized city in Lebanon in terms of Shias. So I'm going to throw an example. This is crazy. No, I mean. because it's, it's, it's almost like an intellectual exercise. Because yeah. I'd like to imagine what it's like to come up with a website that has very in-depth I'm actually going to embed the website because you guys have done a lot of work mm. in every single sector of Lebanese society, especially economics. And but I'll make sure the website is included. Yeah. But let's let's do a sort of a dance here. Um, I don't think anyone in Nabati was trying to get rid of Harakat Amal or Hezbollah. Mm. I think they were trying to reform these parties. But but, but, interesting. but why? Can, I, can I say one? Okay, so remember Trablus three four weeks into the protests, or maybe maybe less. Remember the images of people dancing on the streets and that very insane, euphoric moment? Mm. I don't think any of them were trying to get rid of Tayyar Mustaqbal or whatever. Any other party that has a footprint there, I think they wanted these parties to behave better. Uh, and I'll go. I'll bring it home now. Before, and I'll, I'll let you, one, one thing. I don't think anyone in Tayyar Watamil Hur, who's not voting this round, mm. is voting for civil society groups. Or the opponents, which are obvious, Uwit, or even if you want to say Kata'ib, I don't think they're going to just jump ship. They're going home. Yeah. Why do you think so? Okay, so this is my grand problem. And every time I, I open up this door, because it's, it's, trying to see, it's trying to see gravity, history, yeah. and a real shift in mood and how it all comes together. I think Lebanese are sectarian even when they say they're not sectarian, I think all of us can be secular too. Yeah. And I think it's it doesn't make sense to discount that this grouping of communities is way beyond our control, and it's natural. And um, it, I, I can't imagine any other explanation why Tayyar Watan al-Hur, which was cursed day in and day out for months, were the one man in particular is insulted daily. They're going to lose maybe 10, 15 percent. Mm. That to me is not a big defeat. That's that's you can deal with that. Yeah. So why is the sectarian establishment doing as well? Be yeah. Jenna. 
No, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. When he said, you know, for them to reform their parties, but that's what we want. If they are not agreeing with how their, their parties should be or they should function, then they are aware of the um, corrupted practice of politics. Just the, the, yeah, that's something. That's something very important. And, yeah. yeah. And when, when it comes to you, you saying, I... I, you're, you're forgetting about a very big amount of new people that are newly intro- being introduced to politics, mm-hmm. which, where, mm-hmm. which are the youth. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. And the, the development of how things went and how open the world is all on itself, on everywhere around yeah. the globe. Uh, this theory is adopted by many of the youth. Um, and I guess I can speak of myself mm-hmm. and my friends. Mm-hmm. Because they uh, they just want to be seen as individuals as a humans, they want to be seen outside of this. Right. The, the 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 ideology of the old political parties will always remain there, mm. but it's it's the the growth is linear, and it's not always like that, and it's not always like that. Permit me to put myself in the youth. Yeah. Hello, uh, <laughs> Salah. Thank you. <laughs> The cosmopolitan crowd that we identify with, yeah. that we all know, we're all friends, we're not reflective of Lebanon. And October 17, two and a half years ago, is not. Is less appealing today than everyone. Yes. Mm-hmm. The, less appealing to everyone, youth or the dinosaurs. So the, the brand has... It lost its momentum. It's, it's yeah. not about the brand. It's about the, the the idea of what 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 we why we weren't there and what we want to change and why we are doing this. Yeah. It's about an ideology that was created from October 17 and that yeah. is being actually becoming alive in each and every one of and, us. And not to forget, you know why it doesn't resonate anymore? Not to forget we're in the midst of a deliberate depression. Sure. Uh, That's true. It's been years. <laughs> You're we, right. We, it took yeah. us one year to at least try to resume normal life after yeah. August 4th, You're right. the economic yeah. depression. I mean, everything is slower than than it, it would be in normal situations. And I do believe that you're being very realistic and and we agree on that, numerically speaking. The Sultanah, it's still strong. Yeah. They have a clientelistic network that is not 30 years old. I want to say 60 and 70 mm-hmm. years Absolutely. old. Absolutely. And this, it won't take... It's not going to be broken by October 17 revolution. They're still going to be strong, and they're still going to be there. And that's why the people don't want, didn't want them to, didn't want to oust them. They didn't expect them to be ousted because when they hey, they're not going to be ousted into the sea yeah. just because we went down on the street in October 17. But that's what makes you guys different yeah. than the fringe on one section of October 17. That, what you just yeah. said is the sentence that is splitting up the camp. Yeah, yeah sorry, I interrupted you. No, but, it's fine, yeah. it's fine. I mean, it, uh, yeah, just the point I was trying to make is that be, just the fact that people called for reforming that party, and I would speak in Junoub, for example. Why do people in Junoub, why is their narrative, we don't want to oust these political parties, but we are disappointed in them, and we believe that they are they are corrupt, because a lot of them fought along their lines for many years, and there's a passionate uh, a cause that united them at one point, and the fact that this passionate cause 
is not, you know, what's keeping them from saying that these parties are corrupt. This is the breakthrough. Yeah. And it's also important. You guys have said it in different ways, and yeah. it's important to touch on it. This is a youth-driven movement. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I will admit that sometimes you do feel out of step a bit that there is a new, uh, there's, a, there's an appeal to change things. And I think it's, it's going to happen over time. And I don't think Lebanese should be worried about change either. Even if it goes completely towards a civil state or whatever, whatever that state is, the youth will determine the future of this country. But of all the youth-driven groups, I still say, I'll say it again, Mentishreen stands out. So I'm going to ask you guys complicated questions mm. here. It's fun. You're able to talk about Hezbollah. Definitely, Akid. You're able to talk about it, and I know that it's not like the three of us here can change the regional dynamics that impact Lebanon. But you're able to talk about it, even when you don't have answers necessarily. You can still address the problem. So, how does a youth-driven party group figure it out very fast? Okay, I think you've said it once. Hezbollah is not the the elephant in the room. It is the room. I oh, insist on it. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> no, I, <have> I <laughs> insist on it so, being so, the okay. room. We should have treats for when somebody <laughs> does something. <laughs> 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 you like Come on, these are Sharahuni and Riyad Salah. Yeah, that's Yeah, yes, they are. I love them. <laughs> You're not going to take them then. <laughs> no, but I you know what? If, well, no, these are mine. I'm going to keep them. Uh, you, you get nothing except uh, a fist bump. I'm glad <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so it is the elephant in the room. We may not be able to at, to actually now come and go and face them where we, where we aim to go and face them and where we want to actually fight and go into this fight. But we are facing them daily. We're uh, expressing our opposition to this. Um, I don't know what should I call it. But uh, the transnational army. Militia. Never That was perfect. Give me a bishop. Transnational army. Is that bishop? I don't know. That sounds very academic. But yes. <laughs> Sorry, the academic but we face them personally you know when it comes to uh, the where we can actually for example the student elections for example the student bodies yeah for the campaigns they do with the Anna, for, I'm gonna speak on my behalf in that field uh, in the Lebanese University they are targeting these people specifically because they know they, that's how they are, they want to affect, and they are targeting them in a clientelistic way that emphasizes on the on the point that Ria talked about, which is the clientelistic institution institutional <laughs> yeah. and, uh, sectarianism. But you're able to talk about uh, their their non-Lebanese part of the story yeah. easily. So you're able to say transnational army. army. Uh, you're not afraid to go down that road. No. And you're able to even address things like we want Hezbollah to reform too. It's not like Definitely. it's not like you want to exclude what could be 20% of the population. You Definitely. can't do that. Yeah, so you, you, you figured it out fast. Mm. How did you guys but reach that we, point? We, yeah. we, we, yani, we sat together and we argued yeah, about We it. talked about oh, yani, the, yeah. the political the political paper actually, it took us nine months to, to actually draft 
it mm. and uh, we read it and we change it and mm. we still think it needs uh, always it, we need to constantly change yeah. it and add to it this is not something you know it comes out easily but it's something that uh, we had in common we we you know what's the problem I, we, it's not anymore any you know, We, we don't have to fool anyone about this Definitely. Anymore. And among these issues that we sat and talked about was sovereignty, was the role of the state, yeah. was Hezbollah, was, I don't know, the Syrian-Lebanese relationships, Israeli conflict, you know? Um, these were the issues we talked about, and we called them divisive issues. Yeah. Oh, divisive okay. issues. Yeah. But when we talked about them, we were very they united. They were very divisive. Yeah. I mean, we all agree that um, Hezbollah, And the arm and its arms and what it represents in Lebanon is among the priority of you know tackling it is among the priority of our political program. later we talk about this now it's a priority. It's yeah. everything yeah and everything we do, whether it's directly related to targeting them or what they represent or their narrative that a lot of other political parties share as well. Um, They're a big part of this sectarian structure and they're a big part of the sultah that we are fighting. Okay? Mm. So, with everything that we do in, 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 target, like in, uh, in, you know, by opposing that sultah, ultimately opposes them. Yeah. So, and it opposes yeah. them in many, many ways. It doesn't have to be only by just opposing them uh, within the parliament or within yeah. the wizaret or I don't know. You can oppose them daily, daily, literally. But and yeah, but do you think? I mean, I know it's it's unfair to put this huge question on one group within October 17. But do you think if this whole ambition fails long term, would it be the would the burden go on that group and its capabilities? Ambition of what? Of of reform. Hmm. Uh, in other words, would you, if you were trying to examine the failure of this experiment called October 17, would you put the burden on sectarian structure or would it be more on issues that Lebanese cannot even touch? Because I appreciate all of us can talk about Hezbollah. Mintashin has a unique advantage in being head on about it, but our capabilities are limited. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So... Would you be able to comfortably say that this problem, in a way, prevented long-term reform? Or would you still look at, in a way, the system, the state, sectarianism as the It's, ultimate burden? I mean, I would they say... They enforce each other. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I would say they strengthen... Definitely, that's what I wanted to say. They strengthen mm-hmm. each other even more. But why we say this? We have to remember that. Hezbollah is not the elephant in the room. Yeah. It's the room. Yani, at a time, okay. at a time, I love her that tabir. It's amazing. But do, you tell, me, do you tell people it's yours? <laughs> no, <laughs> I no, I, I would you. respect you more if you're like, do you know what I thought of yesterday? And then I'm like, oh, she heard yeah. about it too. <laughs> yeah. I'm teasing you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was, yeah. So at a time where reform or the the, the the intensity of reform or how fast it is or how slow it is you know as time where reform was just around the corner yeah. I would say Hezbollah also plays a role in not allowing it to be around the corner not all the time but I'm talking if I were to historically look at things so eventually Hezbollah is a state within a state Hassan yeah. the government the all the reasons that lead to ammonium nitrate in Lebanon yeah. uh, Tarabitar, 
the difficulties of of getting anything to function today. It would be hard for me to remove Hezbollah from all of that. And then I think of this poor little state with a dysfunctional system mm. that everyone hates mm. as not even being given that chance to work. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, this reinforcing thing, everyone I know says it all the time, that they live together and this that was that mafia militia stuff. And everyone is sort of like, they feed off of each other. I don't think any of that is true. I think one prevents one from functioning. The thing that doesn't function right is old and outdated and needs to be reformed. And I see it as sort of like this long-term story that we like to rush in. Mm. We definitely like to rush in yeah. because we're impatient. We want to we want to change things. Impatience and then Lebanon is not only a few years old. Exactly. Lebanon is centuries of trying. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. So again I'm being unfair but I think the the added value is that Nintashin could talk about something that many groups were running away from and talked about it principally but I, I really think that this this will be the reason why this whole experiment doesn't work if, if it eventually fails um, and I just want to highlight one thing is that we have a lot of priorities yeah. on our list and we have a lot of things you know we have our own contextualization of problems in yeah. general in Lebanon. And I feel like because eventually Mentashreen cannot and <laughs> our capabilities and you know they, they stem from talking about the issue. Mm. They also are entrenched in the fact that we're work we're preparing for another Mish um, era, but we're preparing for a new dynamic. Yeah. A dynamic yeah. that's able to talk about this as a problem, but as well, despite this being a problem, does not stop its reformist ambitions yeah. and its reformist steps, because right. we have other things on the list, such yep. as, you know, judiciary system yeah. reforms, such as banking system reforms, such as implementing an economic, a new liberal, uh, not new liberal, social liberal <laughs> economic uh, policies that are relatively new yes. to Lebanon. So, yeah. but, uh, you, you, you said you can talk. Talking is big, a big part of the problem. We and need to have in. these discussions. I need to go tell my father, Yalla Habibi, you know what happened was wrong. <laughs> we <laughs> need to have but you know, what happened in the past was wrong and Anna yeah. for me I know that uh, my father seeing me and in, involved in politics in that way it would affect him in some mm. certain way of way but for me talking to him and saying to him that you cannot anymore oppose Hezbollah because we're just uh, you know, from a specific sect and they are from a specific sect no you, yeah, you have reasons. to yeah there is actual reasons they did that and they did that and you actually are suffering from this you cannot anymore oppose uh or Aouni or mabarif you know just because you are this or that talking makes it makes the major difference that's true talking for the sake of talking is great i like to find solutions mm. and, and, and the solutions are being prevented i believe by one party I not one party one problem no. And it's a problem that the party is in, mm. but it's not about Hezbollah as a political party. It's about it's about a security problem that prevents the best of us, best of us, from getting towards real reform. Yeah. You yes. mentioned Samir Asir. Yeah. I'm glad you brought him up. Okay, Samir Asir should be with us. 
Actually, who am I to be talking? Samir Asir should have the podcast of yeah. the country or whatever. He should have a show. Actually, he should be on the street, not in a statue form. Mm. And he should be around. He, so what, others. What, yeah. Many others, many others. But the problem got rid of them. Why would October 17 be any different than, than everyone who's been trying against this problem? It didn't get rid of them. I refuse to admit that they, it got rid of them. Just the fact that I'm here and speaking and being affected by such a great mind, I am. it shows that it didn't get rid of them. All, uh, the, everywhere in, uh, within the student bodies, the secular clubs, that um, all, I th- think uh, everyone has some of uh, Samir Osir's um, uh, ideas in their mind. This shows that, no, it didn't get rid of them, these people specifically. If it got rid of their ability to enact reform. Yeah. It didn't get rid of the passion for reform. And the passion, I think, grew. October 17, to me, is the buildup of everything that went wrong after March yeah. 2005. And October 17 still cannot get reform done. But that, it, it's yeah. two years old. <laughs> You're right. I agree. I agree. You're right. You're right. You're right. It's young. It's It's young. But it's uh, half the population at any given point was protesting. And now the sectarian groups that we're talking about are winning. The most sectarian group in this country claims itself to be reformist, whatever. Go on the highway, they claim to have every slogan down. There's no red ink left in the country. And (laughs) (laughs) they're going to be winning seats, not losing. They're going to be winning, yeah. They're going to be winning, yeah. So to me, that's the opposite. It's the, yeah. Did you see how we say that they reinforce each other before she, uh, uh, said it? Sectarianism reinforced the presence of Hezbollah, let's say. Uh, uh, The people with the red ink, they use the narrative, okay, we, we need to be present here to protect you from Hezbollah and to protect your right as a sect. From Hezbollah, but this reinforces that. I'll say one more thing, I'll, I'll let you, I, I, I keep interrupting, I'm sorry. Sectarianism is ugly because of Hezbollah. Sectarianism is a supermarket without it. You can be whatever you want without that problem. It can be good or bad, depending on what the issue is. It could be neutral. It could be actually just an uh, academic uh, description of a group of people. So I don't think it's inherently negative, And I don't think it's reinforcing Hezbollah. I'm sorry, I keep like I keep pushing back on this, but Ria, I, I interrupt you all the it's time. It's fine. I mean, I want to go back to the point uh, on October 17th, yeah. you know, how it failed to become a reformist move or, you know, how you put it. I feel like we need to manage our expectations of the October yeah. 17th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no. The October 17th revolution, not a classist revolution, mm-hmm. not, uh, you know, not a planned... Uh, uh, middle class, uh, you know, uh, revolution that eventually translates into a unitary movement. No, it was a burst yeah. of passion. Yeah, it was a burst of a common cry, and the verge of a triple crisis breakdown. Yes, it was the burst. It was the you know the social infijar. Yeah, is a red duck that took a positive turn, but also took a negative turn, and. If we were to assess why it failed, or why it it faced a lot of challenges to become uh, an effective reformist uh, movement, because going back to that structure of sectarianism, or I don't want to call it structure of sectarianism, I want to call it the scheme that the Sultan 
has been, you know, adopting for many years now. Okay? Every time October 17 revolution came close to the benefits that this sulta, whether Hezbollah or not, establishment, uh, to their benefits, they would polarize on sectarianism and yeah. they would bring people, armed yeah. people down the streets that would fight us. Yeah. And eventually these armed people exactly. were Hezbollah. And a lot of them were Harakat Amal as well. So they used the uh, good old guerrilla <laughs> street but, tactics. But, but, you, but you know, I th- it's interesting. I think we're saying the same thing in different ways. Mm. I don't think sectarianism drove Shia to punch non-Shia. Or Shia to punch Shia. Or Shia to punch Shia. Shia. And I don't and think even that is part of it. I think none of that actually is there. I think Hezbollah is not a Lebanese-only dimension and mm. brings out the worst in a sectarian society. I think, yeah, because I'd like to think of the word as less... I mean, it's not him alone. Let's say, let's be very realistic. Now in the parliament, Hezbollah with Harakat Amal, they have 23 elected uh, candidates. With Kitlet, I said it, Tayar al-Watan al-Awniyyeh. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Tayar al-Watan al-Awniyyeh. They have 28 candidates. So together... They can, they have most, أكثر عدد الناس يلي هن موجودين بالبرلمان. So, they, they took, يعني, أخذوا الشرعية, that's ultimate, يعني, and that's where we go back to how it, politics is being practiced, and we go back to the road that, okay, for the people, they are being, I don't want to say manipulated, but they are going to, they are being, you know, كيف قالت غيا قبل شوي إنه كل ما بيشدوا العصب بيشدوا العصب بيشدوا العصب and then they go back to the fact إنه آه حزب الله أزير it's all about إيه هيك it's I'll circle sorry can I I'll circle one thing it's very correlated the president of this country spoke a completely different language thirty three years ago he spoke that language until two thousand and five yeah. It was a, it's a very different human being with a very different cause. Uh, the only reason he's president today is because, because of... What I just mentioned. Hezbollah. Yeah. Okay, so Saad Hariri uh, should not... Ha- I mean, this man is a complete accident in history. He's the son of someone who is eliminated, emerges because his older brother has a temper, and he still does. <laughs> <laughs> and... He enters Parliament. To, it's true. He has a short temper, or maybe it's softened. I don't know. He's he's trying. Uh, the Saad Hariri was the most. He was the preferred Hezbollah prime minister. I. Right. They he, always rooted for him. Yeah. They root for him. They really wanted him to come back. Yeah. Uh, when he was being slapped around in the desert, they begged for. I mean, Hezbollah. Prefers Saad Hariri, which means he's Why? Hezbollah's preferred leader. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm getting there. Nabih Berri, in the late 1980s, made a name for himself by killing Hezbollah mm-hmm. fighters. Yeah. They went to war. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. That is now Hezbollah's preferred speaker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's hitting 90 soon. So you have the president, prime minister, and the speaker of parliament. The most uh, popular Christian figure is pro-Hezbollah. The most popular prime, uh, Sunni figure is 
boycotting because he's the most pro Hezbollah prime. He's their preferred prime minister. He boycotted himself. Nabih Berri could never even do anything else. Otherwise, he wouldn't be Speaker of Parliament. Yeah. That's not sectarianism to me. That's power relations. Yeah. Yes. It, uh, thank you. Yes. Yeah. 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 So that's where I get into this circle, which is sectarianism and that. But based on what they built it, how they got their power? Their power. Transnational army in Lebanon. It's not only that. But you don't think so? No, no. You don't. I mean, what? Mm. I, it's not only that. And the Syrians they feel that they need their weapon. Well, the Syrians. What's the uh, Syrians? The Syrian army. The Syrian army uh, turned our sectarian system into a nightmare in yeah. the 90s. Hezbollah preserved parts of it, part of the nightmare, and then it let go of other things it didn't need, which is which is really. I think the stuff that we yeah. all complain about all the time. Mm, 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 but the I fundamental think. stuff, it's... And I don't mean to be so circular in this stuff, but I think no, it's... No, uh, no yeah. I, I, hear, I hear you in a sense that you know, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. It's a geopolitical security apparatus, and it's, yeah. uh, you know, I don't know, they just form an economy in Lebanon, they yes. have their own banking system, and, you know... This is to take into consideration when looking at it from a power relation perspective. Mm. And I feel like... If, if we were to agree on something, is that we believe, you know, that Hezbollah is among the priority problems that we're trying to practice. It's not the only problem and it's not the biggest of them all, in the sense that we're only focusing on it. But it's a priority, definitely. Mm. And I feel like this is where this is where it all comes through at the end of the day. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Their, their, their power. How do they express it? They tell them. They tell them the people. If you are like from this specific sect, This is why I said these two reinforce each other. You mean the establishment this, and yeah, and sectarianism and Hezbollah yeah. or etc. The ugly stuff you can reform without the bigger problem preventing reform. So I think what you're mm. saying resonates among everyone in this country. Nobody wants a permanently corrupt, uh, sort of nepotistic, like, yes. nobody wants that. And I think it, it's well beyond. It should have happened long ago. But it doesn't make sense why everyone's attempts at reform keep reaching this wall. Mm. And I don't. that's why I don't think Mintish, Sheen, or any other group has the ability to jump over this wall. But I do hold a lot of respect for any group that's at least willing to address it. Yeah. So my tip of the hat to you guys. To. Well, you know what? I mean, maybe, maybe uh, I'm, I hope so. I hope so. I, I will ask you. Oh, sorry. You wanted to say something. No. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, yeah. Did you want to? I just add, wanted yeah. to agree and just to like remember that it's probably eventually we need to zone out and look at it from a regional perspective. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the diminishing of it or not is not within... Our Any land. of our local hands, yeah. I but agree. preparing yeah. the underground yeah. to to accept to for, welcome it for a common definition yeah. of resistance yeah. among yeah. all Lebanese. Preparing that underground is going to play a big, big role in the kind of state we want to build. Perfect. That's away yeah. from any definition that Hezbollah or the other Sulta parties have tried to reinforce for so many years right now. I couldn't say it better than that. And I hope you're right. I really hope you're right. I appreciate if that is the uh, terrain you're given to work with, that's a very noble cause right there, mm -hmm. at least trying to shift the narrative on the ground. So I, I, I respect this. Um, I'll ask you guys a sort of a final topic. Um, 
October 17, unlike any other protest, it's woman leading. Young woman, passionate woman, political woman. And here we are, two out of three, right? You have a very astute, woman-driven political uh, dialogue, lexicon, uh, every every uh, uh, event I go to, it's woman speaking, mm. right? Or it's woman, uh, woman driven, mm. which is a good thing. Why? I mean, Lebanon should be for everybody, and I think it's 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 a very important moment for women in Lebanese politics and history. You guys are young, uh, you're bold, you're assertive. Ria, I said it before. I mean, you're able to get a crowd to cheer you on in a very magical way. It wasn't just you. Lori Haitayan was equally impressive yeah. as well. I don't even remember the men in the middle. Najee. Najee, I don't think so. Najee was two episodes. Yeah. Najee was Ziad. Najee, and that's it. Me and Lori, yeah. Okay, I don't remember them. I remember you guys. <laughs> you guys did a great job. Do you think there's a... a appetite now, even with all the constraints that we talked about, do you think there's a, a form of discrimination that's permanently over, and now you can talk about things that you couldn't really address before? We want our rights. Yeah. <laughs> and that's even uh, not just in equally to men or etc. I just want to be perceived as a human being uh, living on this uh, uh, globe, Bihar-Balad. Uh, uh, and giving Nashra, it's it's a big topic to talk about. If it's if you want to only centralize it, in, in that well, issue. even I mean, I guess meaning it in whoever gets into government yeah. that this is going to happen. That now things have are at least changing for the yeah. better. Do you see it moving in, in that direction? Directly, no, yeah, no, not immediately. And I do not see it. Mm. A lot of people will hate me for that. As and I'm being realistic. I don't see it going directly. Like, May I ask you why? Why do you have that? Uh, because you said it, there is, they are gonna yet uh, be elected again. We're gonna, we need to know that you know, they are opposing this decision purely for, a polit- for political reasons. You know, it's very obvious. Hmm. And if we want to fight, I want to be realistic. I don't want to aim high. If we're gonna go in, we're not gonna go in with like half of the parliament, which we need to have this law hmm. pass. So the old parties, you don't think, will touch this no, issue? Yeah, what, what do you think about these things? I mean, yeah, I just want to highlight something. Remember how the quota law was, yeah. the, the draft law was so proposed in the parliament? Yeah, yeah right. And even, yeah. you know, it's funny, I know as Din MP of Harakat Amal, she was, you yeah. know, leading on that. As a, You know, she's been le- leading on that in general yeah. as a person. And uh, fellow coalition members voted against her own draft law. The, right. the, so I, it's it's this is this is you know I give I give this as an example to just reinf- to just assert and validate what Jenna was saying. Mm. But I have a different view. Yeah, I believe that I want to zoom out out of the example of the woman's national or right to nationality or to grant nationality to her children. I want to talk about a feminist perspective of October seventh. Yeah. yeah, we saw women leading. Uh, and I don't want to say that there were successes because women were leading, but I would say it was a success that women were leading. Yeah. So we saw that. Yeah. And this is a manifestation of a comprehensive and a lot of accumulated feminist efforts, if I were to say, in yeah. the grassroots realm, in 
Lebanon, the Lebanese political mm. field because mm. before October 17 yeah, so. before October yeah, yeah. 17 yeah. Yeah. when it comes to grassroots when it comes to civil society women lead there why? because there there aren't the kind of challenges mm. that the system imposes through its official institutions on how easy it is for women to reach a place where they are they have a participatory uh, role yeah. in the leadership role. Yeah. Yani, why mm. does this not translate into parliament? Because, you know, there is there are challenges that are far entrenched and institutionalized legally. They, if they want to actually pass such a law, they would have changed their, the names on their lists. Oh, meaning more women. More women. It's more women, or the people that actually voted against this law will be yeah. not there. Within there the older be parties. Yeah. I, I mean, it seems like there's something happening. It's alternative space, which you described in a sense, civil society before October 17, was already women-led, which is, that's that was clear. And that now the alternative groups is women-dominated discourse for the right reasons. Yeah. It's not a prejudice against men. It's no, that definitely. it's like there's women that need to speak too, and it's happening, which is good. Um, but I appreciate that there's a lot of nuance here, that you're, you're able to see that the horizon's not so good for at least the ruling parties, yeah. that they're, mm. even this Harakat Amal uh, attempt uh, doesn't get far. Mm. So what can be done now to actually make this happen? If a huge protest... And so many parties emerge talking about it, and it doesn't happen. Does it go back to alternative space again? Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what is the channel now to make this an issue? Because I, I don't know the answer here. It's I don't know very what. Yeah. It's yeah, very I, interesting. I mean, it's a big other question. than talking about it, yeah. which is what everyone does, but yeah. I don't know what it could look like. Lobbying. Lobbying yeah, for, exactly. for, for advocating for app, like number one quota. Mm. In the lab, in the parliament, it's not discrimination. I don't want to be defined yeah. in a quota for the rest of my life, but quota, you, you know, it. quota policies in general, whether it's women's rights or not, even around the world, yeah. even when you know the the, the African American movement was you know fighting slavery back then in America, there was the quota system yeah. on yeah. you know allowing a certain quota of of African Americans to enter universities, because this is a push, this is a push against marginalized identities or communities and women where our mishwer are marginalized since many years in the political realm in Lebanon. So but this is the first step. Can you imagine Mintishreen doing this post-elections, that this mm. becomes a, a pressure point, even if you're not in parliament? Is there a way to do this? Lo- lobbying as a... I mean, I, I don't know what it would look like. Mm. It, I don't... I think that uh, it's, it, we need to compile our efforts. What what happened today and how women took the uh, were such brave leaders mm. within October 17 is something that uh, took a lot of work and efforts and awareness to reach that point to tell each and uh, and every woman that yeah you can raise your voice and you can ask for your rights and yeah. you can yeah. be a leader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is I mean I want to give an example on what it would look like. Yeah. A very small example. Um, and Tashin will take part tomorrow. Friday, no. the episode comes out. Uh, yeah. Some, yeah. It, it will take part... Uh, Two days ago. <laughs> in, in the Model Youth Parliament organized by USG. Yeah. Hmm. And, yeah. and the Model Youth Parliament targets youth that role play as members of the parliament. You know, they role play Tayyar al-Watan al-Awni, they role play Hezbollah, they role play Mintashreen, they role play National Blood. 
So they role play as alternative uh, political movements as if they are in the parliament. And one of these, um, one of the topics they will tackle is the, 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 the law for, for feminine quota in the parliament. And Maktoumi. How, how does this correspond to your question? Yeah. What we're going to do is that we're going to go and present why it's important to fight and to work towards such a law for all the right reasons and what with the youth, what with the youth law. that still, you know, they know the title of the law but don't really know the actual importance of it. So this is a lobbying mm. effort, this is advocacy. Is it trying to persuade political parties that are already established to change their tune we from within? We, we is, it, is it like trying to get their voters? To, to make this an issue. Because let's assume you guys are still the alternative mm. or you're on the outside. Mm. How do you get the inside to change their narrative so that it matches yours? Uh, it, it, it's not a focus now on uh, them changing. Definitely, definitely when they saw that actually, for example, uh, wanted a non-sectarian uh, narrative, they started talking about Hadawla Madaniya. So when yeah. they see uh, that they might lose some of their power uh, for a specific reason, they might shift. Yes, I do. I do uh, agree with you on that. That's why we need to always lobby and co- continue lobbying for this. But mainly, it's we're not going there to actually. Um, uh, uh, I don't want to talk to address them. I want to address their people. Mm. I want yeah. to talk to their people because I won't be able to reform their parties. Their own people need to reform their own parties and their own participants and or members that are women, they deserve to be as leaders within their parties and not only martel al-za'im or flain or flain or flain. And I think it would look like you know, it it would look like, you know, the way it will be done is going to be done the same way any other point on political programs of the emerging political movements will be done as well. So it's a challenge to get it yeah. inside the same way it's a challenge to fight for a law for independent judiciary system. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's all under the same uh, category. Yeah, I, I also think it's well overdue. Mm-hmm. It's something that people should not even be talking about in 2022. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we're still talking about it. So it means that there's, I mean, I appreciate all the avenues to make change happen, mm-hmm. which is why this group to me is important. I'll wrap it up with a question that you touched on, Jenna, but I'm going to, as much as you can say, you're 23? Yeah. Ria, you're 22. Two. Two. Okay, so born in 1999. 1998. Okay, so that's the uh, math. <laughs> 30. Get mental. <laughs> I can do this, I can do this. Your presence in Lebanese politics compared to Lebanon's history is a very small sliver of time. Mine is also very small. Um, I have my own reasons why I've ended up in this world. Uh, you shared a bit about your family dynamics, but I'm curious, what is, Jana, what is your personal reasons for even doing this to begin with? Not by seeing a protest and you want to jump into it. Not that. More than what, dro- what drove you to even appreciate Samir Asir? What, what is the uh, spark within you? Uh, if you ask my mom, she'll tell you she got it from her grandpa. <laughs> oh. oh, so she got it as well from her grandpa. Me. Oh, you got it from uh, your grandpa. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, 
my grandpa was someone that uh, actually got killed, got, got assassinated, uh, assassinated. And uh, he was someone who actually, uh, as per what the stories claim, uh, that he dared to actually defy uh, uh, his own party, which was again, the only surreal. Yeah. And, uh, and yet they assassinated him. Mm. What will my and B? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, i been raised on, I think, that mythology of defying what is wrong. And being aware, because I used to say I wanted to, to when I was small, I wanted to be, to be a politician. Yet I ended up doing uh, psychology. Mm. Uh, but it's, it's, say, it's the same thing. Yeah, I know. We need that. Healing wounds. Yeah, uh, but if I may reflect on my decision uh, of how I decided, yet yes, I I'm not. I didn't major in political science, but I decided to take this. Uh, I became, I started by reading books, which was and then I moved to, uh, okay, what is around uh, me? So then I continued to Gibran Twaini, I read more about Samir Asir, and I think that researching and uh, me identifying with what they were saying, but the, the whole aspiration of what they wanted to build of or what Lebanon wanted they aimed to it drove me to be to have this actually in his for them and read more and understand more what they what they are talking about your grandfather was assassinated yeah. within the party or did I get that right or he was no, uh, no. he was assassinated because um, my mother tells me this story once uh, he told my grandma, uh, if you want, but I tell I'm gonna say it in Arabic. I tell you, let's go to Jayada. So, let's see what they can do. Allah, I know, but this, I don't know. Who did that exercise? When they were small, mom doesn't very remember a lot of yani, things. Allah, I know, but can, but they moved bacon. You know, Allah, you're hamu can no. ولا بدكم يقولوا الله يرحمه كان عميل. اوف. So <laughs> that was the debate. Oof. And um, yes, it was uh, for me, for it, the stories I heard, and now when I go to, to the south, and when they say, oh, Sami Asma, حفيدته لسامي Asma, I don't know my grandfather and I do not align. Once we went with the Mentishreen to the Hibariye, and they told everyone that هيدا حفيدته لسامي Asma, Sami Asma, قالوا له, آه رفيقة, رفيقة. I have different political point of views, but the whole uh, history of uh, change and defying change and and okay, yes, I ended up uh, reading for Samir Osir and Gibran Twain and etc. We have very, yes, but you know, living on these stories, it got me to where I am today and identifying with the discourse and the narrative of such people and such amazing minds. You have a unique advantage that you're able to have two sides of the spectrum yeah. within one family and then within one person in a way yeah. you're growing up with that that's that's very unique and uh 
and what we're going through, at least right now, Definitely. you're able to come, you're, you at least maybe have some emotions when it comes to appreciating the other you side. Know, yeah. that this, I, I wasn't able of why the reasons may, but I grew up on these stories and with my psychologist, I, I always ask her why I am in the front lines. I do not understand. I want to understand mm. what's my motive, what's this mm. impulse. And then she goes talks to her therapist. Then about <laughs> why does this person keep coming to me with all of Lebanon's problems? We, we, we talked. We talked about what what was I raised on uh, as a narrative hmm. and uh, as a discourse. And I understood that in a fictional way, I am uh, I am stuck with the image of uh, the person. I believe that maybe uh, if he stayed, I don't know if he was still alive, a change. See, the reason why you like this man is because he's a leftist sovereignist. And that is not necessarily the same uh, borders as Syria, the way that party imagines them, but he was a, he was so sympathetic to the Syrian cause, the Palestinian cause, and I think if I remember right, his mom is Lebanese, his, no, no his, his mom, mom is Palestinian, Palestinian. Palestinian. Yes. his father is, no, wait, there's a Syrian and Palestinian within him, mm. and his, his father was Palestinian, yes. right, Christian, yes. who became Lebanese, his mom is Syrian, oh, I, I think, exactly. I think, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, I hope I got this right, with a French passport, yeah, I remember this, story. yeah, living in Ras Beirut, or yeah. not living in Ras Beirut, sorry, frequenting Hamra, imagine stories he had to say frequenting mm. al-misuri hangout yeah. places too yeah oh. i hope i got that right i just don't remember exactly how it works but he's palestinian no. syrian french as per with what, a lebanese yes, passport as per what i remember he's palestinian lebanese french i don't know if he, lebanese had, french. Uh, he had french that uh, sounds right yeah yeah i don't know if he had syrian yeah mm. but what you if? know what you're probably right <laughs> 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 no but it's, it explains why you're drawn to this kind of yeah. person Thank you for letting me know these things. I'll, I'll make the quote hickey adjust it better. Ria, yeah. I, I know only a little about you and why you would end up in politics, but I think I know the reason. But I want to hear it from you. Okay. Um, I, I grew up in a politically motivated or engaged family. And I grew up in a house that all uh, the salon meetings and family lunches talked about the history of Lebanon and politics and you know it was all we talked about so I grew up with that mind but I was 14 years old oh yeah and and a very close relative of mine he was 28 I think at the time was shot assassinated killed for speaking out and in front of the Iranian embassy in Lebanon, 2013, June 9, his name was Hashem Salman. And I was 14 years old at the time, so my political knowledge was very limited. My political understanding of the realm and the, and the cave of Lebanon was very limited. But I saw someone who I looked up towards in terms of bravery, in terms of speaking his mind, regardless what that mind was, in a very, um, in, in southern Lebanon. So this says something about bravery and courage. So when I saw this man killed, beaten to death for 30 minutes straight, shot three times, I got angry. 
You were there? I was yeah. not there, hmm. but uh, everything was documented yeah. in yeah. video. And sorry, this is your close relative? Yeah, he is, uh, he is he's relative to the family. He is the brother of my brother-in-law. And at the same time, his hmm. father is the cousin of my grandfather, who was also assassinated during the Civil War. So Your grandfather? Yes. Abdul Karim al-Assad, he was assassinated in front of our, of our house in Al-Taybeh because they were attacking it. So that's on the side. Um, so when I saw that, I got angry. Because I saw um, a lot of pa- a lot of what I thought was patriotism in Hashem. Uh, I saw a, a good image of Lebanon in Hashem, and I saw a young man, very young, trying to translate that into political activism. So it shook me, and I got angry, and I wanted to understand more. Why was it done? Why did they do that? Why was he put down? What is this Lebanon that I live in that, you know, I'm 14, I just discovered how deadly it is. I got angry, but I got more curious. And I got more patriotic. And it grew with me. I'm not going to say the anger grew with me. I'm going to say the patriotism grew with me. Because I stopped being angry. I got into university. I took a more objective point of view. And at the time, I romanticized Aslan. You know, I romanticized uh, the Lebanese duyoktir. And I had shifting points of uh, view at the time. Let's not remember that. But, you know, I'm not... Uh, this is my true colors. That, that's so, before the... No, that was after. After, 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 you know, yeah, after yeah. I got less angry and I was mm-hmm. discovering myself yes, politically. Yeah. But... I want, I wanted to see Lebanon in Hashem's eyes, the same way Hashem saw it, the same way my grandfather saw it, the same way a lot of my family saw it, the same way my father saw it and my mother saw it, because we share a lot of the same political views. And I feel like this is what drove me to become politically curious and what drove me to love my country for what it is and fight whoever is trying to bring it down. And that's my motive. And that's why I became politically Active. You see, the three of us are in politics for reasons that we don't express. Okay, so the three of us have this problem. That's why I think that problem that removes people from this country, I'm going to guess, we're doing the right thing. These people are assassinated because they're doing something good. If you don't get rid of that problem, you end up with that. Three families that don't know each other. Mm. I wouldn't have known the intimacies without asking you, but I felt it. With you, Ria, I think I knew it by accident. But uh, that is not normal politics. I think the goal should be getting to normal politics. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. that's why I always emphasize that if you're able to ignore what's killing Lebanese from getting there, you're missing the whole story, which is why I respect Mithishin for talking about it for being open about the most sensitive sensitive subject that is impacting all of us, and for producing a great team like you guys. <laughs> and a lot of members that I've grown accustomed to, now they're friends. And now I, I'm their therapist sometimes, too. <laughs> <laughs> Allow me to say one thing. That sure. also proves the point that the personnel is political. Yeah. Everything is political. Definitely. And we don't have a choice. I want it to be less personal. Then we don't have to worry about the old things that impact all of us. And then we can forget whether we're sectarian or secular. We can just live normal lives. There's something about normalcy, which I think is part of the story. And that's why people keep trying. Mm -hmm. They're not aiming for the stars. They want normal. Yeah, definitely. And it's a shame that normal is beyond our reach. 
I would have said it better. Be in our reach soon. Hopefully. I hope so. We hope so. Thank you for ending it on a positive note. I always look for that positive note. Shana, Ria, thank you. Thank you so much, Ronnie. Thank you.